Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spurs 2016 podcast. Northern Ireland nil, Finland one at Windsor Park tonight in match day two. Uh, my name's Andy Bell, joined by Ben Harshaw and Stuart Cherry. Going to get straight into it. And um, Stuart, I'll go to you first. I'm not going to lie, I'm so, so, so deflated sitting here talking about this. I'm absolutely gutted. There's a long way to go. There's a lot of points to play for. But it feels like we're chasing in a group and especially the state of a group given the results today, which we had the opportunity to get ourselves ahead, get our noses ahead, put a marker down, get that psychological advantage going into June. And instead, what we see is a performance that in many ways was a little bit Baraclough, I'm sorry to say it. Well, you used the B word there, um, Andy, and I wasn't expecting you to, to swear so early on <laughs> in the pod, but you know, it, it, it's, it's your it's your rodeo. Um, I I put us down for an A for application and, and effort, um, and a C for composure. Um, we give them way too much space and way too much respect in the first half. Um, I thought throughout um, we were harrowing, we were pressing. I think from from defence, midfield, attack, you could not to a man including the substitutes, criticise or critique anyone's genuine running. And I know that's a cliche, but it was clearly evident that the guys were putting in a hell of a shift. We were doubling up, tripling up at times, closing down their their, their team. We, create, we restricted them to not many chances. But my God almighty, when it came to putting our foot on the ball and try to create something positive, it was very, very abject. Um, and, and that was from the first whistle right to, to the final whistle um, some real positives with the youngsters and we'll get into that with Connor Bradley and Shay Charles who I thought both of them were absolutely outstanding um, but overall that is a missed opportunity against a team that I think Dave mentioned they are going through a transition period and with the results that happened earlier on today with Kazakhstan pulling off that shock win against Denmark there was an opportunity for us to put ourselves, if not on six points, at least on four. And unfortunately, um, we have we have come up short, and and that ultimately might cost us um, going to Germany in 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 nine months' time. Ben, I think Stuart's absolutely right, especially in what he says about the how Northern Ireland played on the ball. It was it was genuinely a case of there was absolutely no. Well, whether there was no plan or whether we just didn't have anywhere near the quality to get any space against that Finland midfield, I thought Glenn Kamara was like by a million miles the best player on that pitch tonight. We could not get near him. His body was in the way every time. They were streetwise and experienced, and we were so inexperienced at times in our use of the ball, in our set pieces, and how we played. We were over eager. And yeah, every time we got the ball, we funneled it out to the wing backs, and there was we could never play through our midfield because we didn't trust ourselves to keep a hold of it or to retain it. We knew if we played it into midfield, it would be lost. And what we ended up doing was just that vertical ball over the top. And fair play, you know, Dion Charles will come on to talk about his performance, but make something of some of them. Washington, the same. Josh McGuinness has an impact for five or 10 minutes and then fades. But yeah, the amount of, the number of times we go back to Billy Peacock Farrell 
who just lumps it up the pitch. It's not a choice. It's not an attacking choice to go back to our goalkeeper. It's because we had no trust in anyone to do anything else. We had no trust to play through the midfield, and it was a case of get it back to Bailey, and he put it into an area for for the centre forwards to try and latch on to. There was it, it was really really bad, and I hope that like when Davis and Dallas and McCann come back in, I hope there's a plan to play differently from that because if not, we're not going to qualify. Yeah, um, I I don't put it down to a lack of a plan. I, I mean, I, I know Michael. Well, I don't know him, but I know Michael's teams well enough now to know that Michael will have sent them out with a plan in the limited time that he's had to work with them, which is which is a, a mitigating factor. Um, I put it down to the personnel in the midfield. To me, what what we talked about in the preview one um, was that we needed we needed a little bit something different in that midfield. Now I understand that we were missing players in those three that you've just mentioned. There's creativity in those three in Dallas and Davis and in Ali McCann. Um, you know, there's creativity there that, that just wasn't available to us. But I, I feel like with with Thompson, I'm not I'm saying Thompson was was the, the reason that there was anything wrong. I actually thought he broke up the play well at times. I just thought on the ball, it, it was like rabbits and headlight. It was it was like nobody wanted to be that risk taker. Nobody wanted to try and you know be be the difference and, and to create something. It, it I think was, on, that, I think on the too, ball, Ben, you're right. Like McNair and Thompson were absolutely embarrassing tonight. I thought they were really, really, really bad. Yeah, and I think I think it's McNair that I'm looking for there when I'm when I'm talking about those. I get that he's playing at centre half, but he's our experienced big player in that midfield tonight. Um, you know, given given that Thompson's been in and out and stuff, McNair's been a fixture, and I, to be honest, he's probably my favourite Northern Ireland player. Um, but but he should be the one that should be standing up and and, and making something happen in that midfield tonight for me. Um, but but would I have liked to see maybe someone different in there to have that little bit of creativity, uh, whether it is a McGehan or or uh, you know I don't know a whole lot about him. I'm you know I'm, uh, you know limited in what I've seen of him, but see me. And what you say about Glenn Kamara, Glenn Kamara absolutely ran that game tonight. And as a Rangers fan, that is so frustrating because he has done nothing all season. Um, but you know he he just he, he took the ball. He wasn't afraid to take the ball in tight areas um, and and to try and try and play the passes that, that that were there to be played. Because the, the, the most frustrating thing for me is that um, you know I, I did feel like like I said in the previews that I think this group has probably come a, a, a campaign too early in Michael's era, and I think that's kind of proven tonight. Um, but but. The thing is, we we are playing against a very mediocre team tonight, um. So it's it is very frustrating, and I, I would like to think if we had our bigger bigger players, we would have made more happen, um. But it's that same cutting edge is the issue as well. I, I get it that that we didn't create a lot, um. But when we do create things, and when you create things at international level, especially with a team like Northern Ireland, where we're not creating a whole lot, you gotta be clinical. You gotta take those chances, and and we just weren't at all. Yeah, Stuart, we'll we'll talk about that team selection from the start. He makes one change. He goes Thompson over George Savile. I think it's a brave move. I think in his head it's an attacking move. It's this idea that we can get a little bit more creative. We can get somebody else in the team who can who's maybe a little bit of a better cross on them or a better final pass on them. Um, it really shocked me. I have to say that George Savile was dropped. I thought he'd be an absolute shoo-in for this game. And in theory, when you look at the profiles of both the players, Thompson would have been the one for Thursday night and Savile would have been the one for tonight. But 
he goes for it and it backfires. And honestly, I think it's a like a really, really big mistake he's made in not playing Savile tonight. And I know what people will be screaming at their phones right now as they're listening to this and be screaming at Savile's performance when he came on. And he did he did have almost no impact. In fact, some of his final balls were absolutely dreadful. What you have to remember is the final 20 minutes of that game when Savile comes on was not how the first 70 minutes of that game were. And the way the first 70 panned out and what Savile is good at, which is taking the ball in midfield, holding on to it, popping it off, and just progressing up that pitch. That's the one thing we were at, like absolutely zero out of ten at tonight. There was no progression up that pitch bar putting the ball into channels for, for Charles and Washington to run on to. So I think, you know, we gave Michael a lot of credit on Thursday. And you know, we're not getting stuck into him on his on his second game, not by any stretch of the imagination. We absolutely love Michael, but Again, when we see something, certainly that I think was a, a poor selection choice, I'm not going to be afraid to call it out. In the in the US, the Super Bowl happened in the first week of February. And the reason I bring that up is when you look at how we were playing, we were completely uh, without a quarterback. We were without someone who has that vision to put their foot on the ball um, and to look for runners, to look for space, to look for opportunities. Um, it's funny, Ben and I were chatting to you before um, before you were recording, and I had actually made a note that I actually thought Thompson, McNair and Shea Charles in midfield, especially in that first 50, 60 minutes, battled really well. Um, as I said, they did restrict. Like Glenn Kamara did look the best player on the field, but again, he, he wasn't like he was dictating play. He was the best player on the field, but he didn't control the entire match. And I thought there was good industry from them, as I mentioned earlier. I felt Savile was very unfortunate to, to miss out. And I, and I don't see in the nature of that match, I would have preferred a George Savile sat on Glenn Kamara, a bit more experience. But for us to leave out two championship players who are playing week in, week out in the form of Savile and Ferguson, um, it, it seems to go against Michael O'Neill's view of, well, you know, you need to be having good performances at club form because Thompson's been out of the squad. Shea Charles obviously, you know, isn't playing senior men's football, so to speak. Um, you said on the preview pod, you didn't want to make any changes. And the reality is only made one change. And I don't think the Thompson saddle um, switch, I don't think that had the ultimate impact on the game one way or other. I don't think we lost the game because George Savile didn't start or, you know, uh, Thompson did. But the reality is we had 16 free kicks. We had five corners. And what did we do with them? What, what did we do? You know, yeah. and that's not counting crosses that didn't get, uh, didn't beat the first man. Um, we had, I think over the course of the game, a brilliant move that created Dion Charles uh, chance. Really good save for the keeper, but Shea Charles to corner Bradley to Dion Charles. Great stuff. Um, we had the Dion Charles industry in about 12 minutes. Harried the defender. They made a mistake. Ball squared. No one there. McGinnis leaning back. Brilliant cross again. I think, oh, sorry, a slightly overhit cross from Dion Charles to, to, to Connor Washington. But that was really it. You know, we didn't create anything. You know, we had, well, 40... 2% of possession, but we didn't do much with it when we did have it. So overall, I think the selections, you can sit here and argue and debate it, you know, until, until midnight. Um, I don't think that had the massive bearing on it. Um, ultimately where we were impacted was someone like McNair not controlling the game when he did have the ball at his feet. Jamal Lewis 
good positionally, but didn't control the game when he had the ball at his feet. And as you say, not playing through midfield cost us because everything then just did, you know, descended into long ball, especially in that second half, and that's going to have limited success. Um, so yeah, I'm not too uh, disappointed by the by the um, by the lineup. I'm just sort of disappointed by what we did with the ball when we had it. I think that's prevalent, Ben, from from the build up right from the back, and we've kind of talked about that. So touching that, but I also felt some of those um, some of those chances that Stuart reeled off there with a couple where our final ball decision-making was really bad. Like Washington has a shocker first half. He should play in Dion Charles. He goes straight to to Jordan Thompson. And there, there's really no excuse for not seeing that pass. He wasn't on the blind side. It's just get your head up and see the man in loads of space. And Dion Charles, for the one that Stuart mentions, the cross to uh, Washington, which is overhead second half. If he holds it up, he, I think he's got Paddy McNair making a run right on the edge of the box. And it's really frustrating seeing it on the TV. And I know it's different when you're down at pitch level. But if he just has that composure, lifts his head, doesn't do it first time because he's got loads of time and he just plays it back, you know, we've got a real chance on a cutback there. And as good as a lot of those players were on Thursday night, as good as Dion Charles is, and, I, you know, for me, Dion Charles starts every single game of this campaign, no question about it. Honestly, for me, depending on whether Lavery's fit or not, I wouldn't be versus seeing Washington Charles up front again in Denmark. I don't think that's the issue by any stretch. But it did just lack that little bit of quality. And their industry's brilliant, and it always is, but it did just lack that. Even a little bit of championship-level quality, I thought, where you know it's just that little bit of decision-making. It's that speed of thought that you get player at that, playing at that higher level. And I don't know, it felt it all felt a little bit sort of lower championship level league one level tonight in terms of quality as much as anything else yeah it, to me it felt tonight was a big game and it was billed as a big game it was billed as michael's homecoming and as a big opportunity and i think probably the result in the group earlier didn't help as well because it almost made it feel like a bigger opportunity on top of that um and i feel like the likes of maybe Charles, um washington as you were mentioning there they were so wrapped up in that and focused on that rather than just playing the game. And, and, and it's that composure. It's But you're, you're talking about two League One players. And as you say, maybe maybe a championship player or certainly a Premier League player would have that composure, would have that sort of calmness which was needed, Um, which, which funnily enough, Shea Charles was one of the few ones on the pitch at 18, 19, uh, that actually had calmness and, and, and had sort of saw things that, so the bigger picture as opposed to, oh, it's this moment I've got the ball, talking about the one in the second half with Charles. You know, I've got the ball, I've got to slam in this cross, when really the amount of space he was in at that stage was like, you had time for two touches, let alone one, you know, and then you're able to pick out a pattern there or or, or simply put a better ball in for Washington. Um, you know, and, and again, in, in the first half, we had that one... Um, uh, it's escaped me, but I think it was. I think it was Charles was putting the ball in just across right at the start, uh, and and Washington rather than running across the defender, which maybe a championship striker real, realizes, running across towards the ball and meeting it as it's coming in, he's waiting, trying to trying to hang out at the back post and waiting for the ball to get to him. And at international level, do you have the time to do that? And maybe that's why Connor doesn't have the greatest goal scoring record. There's no way that I'll ever. Felt Connor Washington's uh, endeavor, his effort, his running, um, you know, and and he he gives one hundred percent every time he comes to Northern Ireland, and, and and I think he's I think he's great, and I think um, certainly in the last campaign, 
it was Lavery and Washington were our best options there um, for 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 large parts of it. Um, but but sometimes you just you just want that you know you want that step up that we just don't have available at the minute. Yeah, definitely. I think that's completely fair. Um, sure, I want to talk about Dion Charles because it's an it's an absolutely wild performance in, and I don't mean that in a bad way. There was the good the absolutely dreadful and the incredibly unpredictable. But the one thing I notice about him and the one thing I like about him is that he is never anonymous. He's so involved in everything that we do, whether it's his hassling. And I think at times he can be over eager with that, you know, gives away a few files when they've got them into decent areas tonight. Um, you know, he can be a little bit more streetwise, but you know, he makes that first chance for himself where it's he, he gets to the byline and just it's pure endeavor to slide in and get it across goal. And it's a tap in if anyone makes the right run. You know, that's that comes out of absolutely nothing. And you know, he gets in there, he's unlucky for the disallowed goal. It's not really clear from the cameras whether it hits his hand, but I assume because he doesn't really appeal too much, his face looks like somebody who's guilty in that situation. But, you know, he gets in there, he gets chances. And for me, compared to, for example, Connor Washington's performance tonight or what we've seen in the last year or two from Lafferty from the start, McGuinness from the start, even Ian Boyce sometimes when he's played, I'd rather a striker like that who does 10 things in a game and all 10 things are dreadful rather than somebody who just does absolutely nothing. The game is completely anonymous and is completely ineffective. So for me, I hope he retains his place for the June fixtures, mm-hmm. I think he absolutely yep. has to. And in terms of the meritocracy of it, as I say, all those strikers I've just mentioned, how many opportunities did they get time and time and time again when they were doing nothing after nothing after nothing in games? For me, if you if you dropped Dion Charles for maybe arguably a poor performance tonight, I just think that's completely unfair and would, would knock his confidence. Um, the commentator on Premier Sport that I was watching um, said, there's no such thing as a lost cause for Dion Charles, and I thought that summed him up perfectly. As a player, or in any walk of life, a lot of people will say, just give me a chance. Give me an opportunity to do something, and let me show you what I can do. And this is a, a guy who's, you know, every time he puts on the green shirt, or yellow shirt, <laughs> regards yesterday, or on, on Thursday, sorry, he asked for a chance, and I think over the body of work of the, of the two matches, I think he's going to be pleased with how he put of what he did. You know, tonight he ran his absolute socks off. It's some decent hold-up plays. Not as I mentioned on the in the pre-Finland um, game um, pod. I don't think he's quite as effective as Josh um, at holding the ball up because of his stature. But my God Almighty, that guy just closes things down. He really, really harries defenders. And it's funny because I was just looking at the strikers that we have. You have Dion Charles, you have Shane Lavery, you have Connor Washington, um, Liam Boyce, um, Dale Taylor, and Josh McGuinness. But there's like three or four of them, Dion, Shane, Connor, and Dale. They're all similar, all similar sort of stature, under six foot, quick, speedy, high work ethic. Um, I mean, he had chances. He had a brilliant chance, and he didn't take it. And, And that's the difference between a League One um, game in an international game League One you might have two or three chances to put them away um, and, and tonight he had really had that one and he didn't and he, and he needs to take it but he's learning international football he's 27 years old he didn't start playing you know football league in England until I think he was 23 or 24 he's new to this he's new to this standard he's new to this setup 
or step up, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Give him more games, give him more opportunities to take more chances. And he, and I absolutely believe he will do it. Um, I think over out of 10, I'm like seven out of 10 in terms of optimistic after tonight. It's just the disappointment that uh, with the composure, but no, I, I thought he, I, I thought he worked well, and he worked well with Washington, who also works incredibly hard. But again, it's the age-old problem that we've had for 70, 80 years. We don't have a world-class striker to get on the end of these, you know, the, the crumbs that we do get into them. But yeah, I think Dion Charles should be pro- should be pleased with his body of work. I suppose another player that we had missing tonight, Ben, was Lavery playing at this level and for me if they're if they're both fit in June I'd love to see Charles and Lavery given two games together you know they would absolutely frighten the life out of Denmark defence here haven't they you're going to have most of the ball but we know we're going to hit them on the break of course we'll talk about this game as we, as we come on to it but you know with Charles the way he played tonight compared to you know what Lavery played like against the likes of Switzerland I think was his best game and, and Lithuania you know I think if those two can put those performances together they can be a real handful for us and we, we don't really know yet if Lavery's going to be someone who can get loads of goals at international level or whether he's just going to be another sort of player with great endeavour who doesn't quite do the business from the goal. Obviously he started really well in the championship but had an injury and kind of tailed off of late. So we'll have to wait and see in that. But yeah, for me, regardless of of, of who's back, um, you know, it, it certainly has to be Dion Charles who, who, who starts in June. I don't think there's, there should be any doubt about that. And I think you're right. You said in the people, he was over eager at times. He, you know, the more international experience he gets, the less sort of excitable I suppose he'll be in front of goal, and the more it'll just come a little bit more naturally to him, like it does in League One, and that's why he's hitting sort of fifteen, twenty goals a season. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was still encouraged, and I haven't even read the comments. I don't know what the general consensus is on him, but I was encouraged despite the missed chances and the lack of composure at times. No, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. I mean, at the end of the day, besides from everything that he's done tonight. Uh, he's 17 league goals as far as I know and two international goals this season so it's 19 goals when's the last Northern Ireland striker scored 19 goals and five aside let alone any sort of football and I know caveat it with it's league one but we can, we don't have Premier League players out there we don't have very many championship players so league one's where we gotta go um, and Dion Dion wasn't by any means perfect out there um, he's raw that's what he is um, and that's what he was at times. And, and yes, I do think it was a case of trying, almost trying too hard, um, you know, and, and throwing himself into things as opposed to being worried more positionally and, and about the bigger picture. But I think that'll come. I think he's now going to work with Michael O'Neill more, which is a better coach than he's worked with at international level anyway. Um, and therefore, uh, you know, he's, he, he, wants, he seems keen. He wants to learn. And I think he will improve. Um, I would I would also like to see uh, Lavery with him as well. Um, whether Lavery, as you say, is going to be the one that's going to score loads of goals or not, but I, the, the pace worries. And and again, that that effort, um, you know, that effort that he 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 shows continually will will, will scare defenders. Um, I I don't know, as I say, if he's going to be goal after goal, but if. Not, I'm not having a go at Connor Washington either. Again, it sounds like I'm, and it sounds like I did before. I'm aware of that. But if you give me a choice of who I'm wanting a chance to fall to, if it's Lavery or it's Washington in June, I'm saying it's Lavery. He's more likely to put the ball in the net. Um, he's just more of a natural finisher. While Connor Washington gives you so much in 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 other ways. Um, I'd love to see Liam Boyce as well coming back into the fold. Um, if if he was fit and available, because. Um, I think he, I think he's a good goal scorer, holds the ball up well, and I don't think he's ever had a, a good enough chance at Northern Ireland, if I'm honest. Completely fair. We'll talk about that in June as well. 
couple of positives. I'll stick with you, Ben, for this one. I thought Shea Charles and, and Connor Bradley were definitely our two best players tonight. And at this stage, it's not even sort of like a narrative thing. It's not even a, oh, they're young players. Isn't it amazing how sort of well the players? No, they actually just sort of click the two best players on the pitch. And Connor Bradley's a little bit like Dion Charles. He is raw. And there are a couple of things he does where he's a little bit over eager or a little bit over excited. But there was so much to his game that I, I love tonight, Connor Bradley. Like, even when the, the fins are breaking at the end, his recovery pace to get back in, he, for, he doesn't win the ball, but he forces a pass earlier than what the finished player would have liked to do. And, you know, that was brilliant. And that's something he'd always have. But it's the endeavor as well. You know, at times when the fin, the finished players just looked like they had a little bit too much time in the ball, like they weren't being put under enough pressure. Bradley was getting in amongst them. And yes, he's over eager at times. Yes, he commits fouls at times. And yes, that can be frustrating, but he never let his head drop. And, you know, he has a cross in the first half. It's absolutely dreadful, but he, he doesn't stop trying to get on the ball. He doesn't stop working. I think he's got a great relationship with McNair in the making there. I think Shea Charles and him have a good relationship on that side. And as poor as I thought McNair was tonight, Bradley sort of held that that right-hand side together. And, like, my goodness, what a footballer we have there for the future. Oh, Connor Bradley, there's no word to describe how, how exciting he is. Um, for us and how lucky we are to have have a player like this coming through like I, I hold my hands up I, I said um, that I would want to try him to start the game the other night but from from uh, from the other night's game onwards like that that is Connor Bradley's spot and there's no way he should not if he is fit and available he will play and he should play he is so exciting um, but it's funny because he's, he's PSA obviously um, his crossing can improve for me and what I've seen I haven't seen an awful lot of my club level obviously um, so I don't know if that's that's maybe unfair, but um, his crossing could improve a little bit. Um, but the, the the movement, the 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 passes, and even as he's he's not afraid to take the ball. It doesn't seem afraid to take a ball in any scenario, you know. And and he he looks this really light, uh, uh, player that. But he he stand up to any tackle. He stand up to you know to to physicality. Um. And he really seems to make a lot of things. And we, we're relying on him a lot. A lot of the play, and particularly in that first half, was coming through him. Um, and, you know, for such a young player, for that to happen, you know, is, is a good sign. It shows that the, the other players around recognising how good he is and recognising what an asset he can be. He was man of the match um, in San Marino uh, for me and, and, and was again tonight. Um, and closely run in both of those games by Shea Charles, who you mentioned. And Shea Charles just... Again, it does sound like, all oh, these young players, and we're, we're jumping on the bandwagon and we're not getting so carried away. But... I mean, that kid's going to be some one hell of a footballer. Like, he is really, really... It, he's so composed. He's so calm. His timing is outstanding. I'll be honest, I don't think he'd give the ball away tonight um, at, at all. Uh, you know, and, and there was one particular pass in the first half where, he, you know, he picks up the ball in midfield and just threads it through the lines. It, it, to be honest, it, half the problem with, with, with him was at times... Um, it, it didn't feel like the, the strikers up there were just on the same level or the same wavelength as him to, to, to be able to realise the pass that he's going to make. Um, so, you know, I mean, he's he's fun, absolutely fantastic. Um, and I was excited to hear in the commentary that his younger brother is playing for the 17s as well. To, ben, to that point, though, just to say, from a context perspective, six out of the 10 outfield players had less than 30 caps. You know, this was a very inexperienced starting lineup, Dean Charles, 14 caps, Shea Charles, five caps, Connor Bradley, 11 caps, Kieran Brown, 13 caps. You know, there's not a lot of experience. Andy mentioned this at the get-go. I think that was actually, 
it's really encouraging. But in one sense, in international football, you can get punished for lack of game management at times and being able to know what to do in those situations. But um, I would agree with you about Charles. I think but he's, that's, he's very special. That, that's Stuart. That's why I, I sort of was saying, I feel like this campaign, this group, this opportunity has come maybe one campaign too early. Because if we, we had a even a tougher group or this group and got, got a similar group again, having had this one and having had that time and that experience and playing in the big crowds and stuff like that. Um, you know, it would have, it would have stood us in bit much better stead than right now. So that's why I'm obviously disappointed with tonight. There's no doubt about that. And it is a big missed opportunity. Um, and, and I, and I, to be honest with you, thought if we were really going to have a chance of qualifying, we need to win our home games. Um, particularly against them, you may, maybe maybe if it's your Denmark, you can you can understand why you maybe lose it. Uh, but but against the teams in and around us, which Finland are, we had to win. So that's why that's why I can understand it's it's a missed opportunity. But I'm excited by what's coming through. Um, it's just a shame that not one of them seems to be a, a gifted goal scorer. But but hopefully that uh, that will come tomorrow. I think it's. I feel like how I've felt in other groups when I know that qualification's been gone. And I know people will be saying that's unbelievably pessimistic. And by no means am I saying it's absolutely over. But as I said at the start, it just feels like we are chasing now. It feels like we've gone from Denmark being a free hit to a game you really ought to be getting something from. You know, it feels like four points from Denmark away. And I think it's Kazakhstan at home is the other game at June. Sure, it feels like that. That's what we have to get from that now. Whereas previously, you would have just said, you know, even if we got a point tonight, it would have been okay to go and lose to Denmark and then win against Kazakhstan at home. It's such a dog of a result for Northern Ireland to lose that game, to lose that home game. Like it really, really is such a dog of a result. And you know, we talk about the, we talk about the, um, you know, the chances we had and the performance ultimately with the players out and the players that we'll have back in June. And there's no way that squad can look any more threadbare than what it is now in June. If we could have just snuck a goal and got a point back tonight, you know, it would have been such an unbelievable relief. And like, I went absolutely mental in this flat one. I thought DL Charles had scored. Um, And uh, I think that's, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it puts so much pressure on that, on that game away to Denmark in June. And I'm not sure, as Ben says, sort of with, this inexperienced group of players, and as you say, they're quite ready for that pressure against such a good opposition yet. Um, on Thursday morning, we had 30 points that we could get, um, and, and now we're down to, to there's 24 points left to play for, you know, in the games in the games ahead. I think whatever we slice and dice this, and I'm, I'm sure people will make their own um conclusions at the end you know over the next few days at the end of the pod or end of the next few days when everything sort of settles down this was a missed opportunity you're playing against a Finnish team that had two wins in 14 matches going into the game tonight you know a team that had lost in the last 10 minutes against Denmark so their confidence would have been down a team that made three changes from that defeat as well and there was an opportunity there where everything surrounded Michael's homecoming difficult when you've got a team that lacked experience but also lacked experience in key areas um i felt that um that there were situations tonight where we just fluffed our lines and i'm, not, I'm i don't want to sit here and be overly critical because i know people will say oh you know it's easiest to criticize it's not you know and it's not just doing that but if you if you just look in the first sort of 20 
30 minutes. Bradley, Ballard, Lewis, Thompson, McNair, Luke, all give the ball away carelessly. And this is just trying to com complete one pass to the next. We had like three chances throughout the game where there was poor communication at the back between the two centre halves. And Cathcart on two occasions had to make last ditch tackles to stop Finland getting in. So through our own, our own mistakes. And there's not much you can do about selection if players are injured. There's not much you can do about that. You can just pick who you can pick. But what you can influence is the decision-making on the pitch. And I felt that, to me, is the most disappointing thing. If we're looking at with any form of, of confidence going into to June, you're going to be coming up against a Danish team um, who've played in the World Cup. A Danish team that will be even you know, more tired than our players will be. And the reality is when you're dealing with a, a body of, a squad of players who are majority in the championship in League One, all, most of those players will not have played a match since the end of April. By the time the quality, you know, the um, the June match has come around, so they've almost got like a, a mini pre-season to complete um, in sort of the end of May to get themselves ready um, for that. But we'll deal with that closer to the time um, in terms of what we're going to be looking ahead to. But yeah, I mean, the lack of composure is disappointing. I think the lack of someone um, getting the game by, uh, getting the game by the scruff of the net um, was was disappointing. Um, and then ultimately, the decision making when it came to our final ball, that ultimately was it as well. Even Gavin White, you saw Gavin White when he came on and it's clear that the guy hasn't played in two months. I, I just thought he, he he lacked that sharpness. You, you talk about that split second sharpness. And I think Jamal Lewis as well, positionally and defensively, I thought he was good tonight. But I think when he had the ball at his feet, um, you see where that lack of confidence is. And I feel like that's actually one of the, the issues with the team tonight. I actually think a lot of the players, when they have the ball at the feet, they lack confidence. Josh McGuinness, that chance. It, is a confident Josh McGuinness getting out on target? Maybe, but is a, is a confident striker getting that on target? Absolutely. Uh, and I feel that's one of the other things. But, you know, we'll, we'll build on this. Um, I'm just wondering, though, really, what, 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 what does Michael take from this, the, from the performance itself? Like, if he's sitting back and analysing it, what's he going to take from it, from, from things that he won't, want, that, that, you know, won't be doing next time? I think for me, it's... If... There's not an awful lot you can take from the performance aside from the endeavour and the fight. And to be fair, that is a lot of, of what football is and a lot of what international football is. And, you know, we are going to have to go to Denmark and match that effort that we put in if we're to have any chance of winning that game. But in terms of any progression or anything on the ball, honestly, aside from, aside from the fight and the endeavour and the closing down and maybe how, how we were off the ball, or how the, the sort of the fullbacks played and getting back in recovery pace. I mean, I mentioned in the pre-pod, I don't know what you, what you think about this, Ben, but like it was so embarrassing in the sense that, I, in fact, I may have mentioned this in the podcast, so apologies for repeating myself, but if we had a throw-in deep into our half, we weren't getting out of there for five minutes. And we had no option. We had no way of playing through it, no way of finding space in midfield. And you were, you were almost hoping that the ball set up nicely enough for you to be able to hoof it up the pitch. You know what I mean? You were, were trying to set the ball up in, in, in the way, like when you're in attack, you try and set players up for a nice shot. We were trying to set players up for a nice hoof because we couldn't get out other than that. 
Yeah. Do you see Bradley's throw-ins? He yeah. wasn't actually connecting. The ball sort of, fl- like, it's almost every time it seemed to slip out of his hands. I think, I mean, there's five throw-ins that he had in the first half that didn't actually go to feet. The throw-in was coming somewhere between your chest and the head. Or if it was the feet, it was between the feet and the knees. And it just yeah. kept bouncing away. Like, there was no composure um, or strategy for, for me, and for me even you know when Thompson and McNair were receiving the ball, it just it just didn't look like they had the quality to get the foot on the ball and get get playing or find find options. And I think Shay Charles was our only only real way of doing that through the midfield tonight. And you know you'd hope with Davis and McCann or even at Dallas maybe in midfield in June that that will change. But goodness me, something needs to change, Ben. I don't know what what you think of what Stuart was saying there. No, I I agree. Um, I mean what. What I think it can take from the game is, is is certainly is certainly it's more experience for the likes of Charles. And I know we say these things all over time and again. It's Bradley um, standing up when others aren't and, and showing what he can do. And and it's it's probably to to understand that there are better players to come back all being well. Um, and and if we've got these players to to play if they're playing that well, put it that way. If Shea Charles is playing that way with a, mid, a static midfield, quite frankly, um. Then he's going to play better with Steve Davis. He's going to play better with Ali McCann, with uh, Stuart Dallas. Um, you know, so there, there there are those things. And I know I'm clutching straws to try and find positives, but he can take a lot a lot from the game in terms of what we what we um, need to improve on. And one of the areas that I, I think is important that we touch upon is um, we we talked. I think you guys talked in the preview, and then I've heard it in the in the media, and I've even heard. I think Michael said it before the match tonight about how they they can see goals and crosses. Um, and I think two of their goals, the Denmark goals the other night, were crosses, if I'm correct. And our crossing was atrocious. It really was absolutely abysmal. Um, you know, and our set plays are, are which which were the key to uh, Michael's first first time around and yes I know McCauley's not there I get I get that Aaron Hughes isn't there you know but Kyle Lafferty would have would have also been an asset back in back in the time and, and believe me hear me now I'm not calling for him to come back in um but uh you know I think I think those were a real real liability you know we did get some free kicks just outside the box and in good positions and things like that um and and we wasted every single one of them um, you know, there's one particularly in the first half where Bradley tries something clever, you know, down, just straight on down for 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 a runner, as opposed to we brought we brought. It's right at the end of the half, we're one 0 down. You know, we've got brought our big centre backs up. You know, get the ball in the box and give the defence something to do. Definitely right. We're going to have to start wrap this up. So got to go to some Facebook comments. Rachel Greve says Connor Bradley was excellent. Set pieces were awful. Good pressure in the second half, but couldn't do anything with it. Matthew Mateer says, I'm bizarrely not as angry as I might be. Um, referee was shocking. Michael has had about five minutes with the team. Give it time. Shay Charles at the business. Yeah, I actually thought the referee was really poor tonight. I agree with that. Roger Irvine, only 35% possession in the first half against a very average Finnish side at home speaks volumes. We're aside in transition. Shay Charles, Cathcart and Connor Bradley were excellent. A front three of Washington, Dion and McGuinness isn't going to share, isn't going to scare many defences. Keep the ball down when shooting lads. Billy McHugh says, not got much talent coming through since Euro 2016. Probably be years before we qualify for a major tournament. Gareth says, set pieces were dreadful. Looking for the one target man we have over six foot and hoping for a knockdown. Whatever happened to whipping it towards goal across the six-yard box and letting the PC lads try and get something on it. Um, Denver Calvin, Michael only in the job. Football still looks better than when Barraclough was in. 
uh, was in charge and positives in particular around Shea Charles, Connor Bradley, and also good to see Price involved, although we found it difficult to get involved tonight. Yeah, a little bit of negativity, but p- positivity around, I think, those um, those players who we've mentioned, Connor Bradley and Shea Charles being the main ones. Um, I'll go over to Twitter. Shirt Neely, free kicks terrible, corners terrible, too much fanning about instead of crossing. Apart from that, we played all right. Mark Houston, good performance, but just couldn't find the cutting edge in the final third. Frustrating isn't the word. Um, Bradley and Shea Charles, by far the best players on the pitch. Going to be an interesting group for sure. Um, spirit of performance. This is Sean, sorry. Boston, Gawa. Spirit of performance, but we were brutal in the final third. Our delivery from crosses and set pieces were shocking. Lacked creativity in midfield. Need something away to Denmark. Yeah, um, all seems very fair. Um, let's see... That was a good point, Andy, though. That guile in midfield definitely is, yeah. is the big thing. And Thompson just didn't offer that. Neither did McNair. I don't think you could fault Charles for that, but I think it was McNair and Thompson in the midfield side that they didn't. Industry, yeah, but when it came to actually playing the ball, I thought they, they, those two will look back on that and think they, they didn't perform um, anywhere near the standard that they should be. I mean, I, I wonder, I wonder, given that we've talked about the players that we're missing and stuff, and, and we've seen we've seen Finland, and to be honest, there's nothing to be too too worried about or impressed about. No. I'm wondering, and I, I don't I don't have the fixtures in front of me here, but I'm wondering when we play them away, um, and Michael's had a bit more time, and we've got said players back. You know, there's it's not against the outside the realms of possibility that we can go there and get a result, um, based on what we've seen. I mean, this is, obviously they can improve too, but you know, I'm I'm trying to be positive. Sure. Well, there's nothing in the game. Five. Yeah, we saw we play Finland in our penultimate match. We play Finland on 17th of November. Then we're home to Denmark. But, but, but it's, it's a fair point. You know, we'll be coming into that Finland game. Um, we have the two away matches in, in September to Slovenia and Kazakhstan. We've then two home games in October to San Marino and Slovenia. Then we're Finland. Then we're back home to Denmark. But, you know, we're recording this 30 minutes after the game and emotions are a bit raw and we're all you know, bit downbeat because we've lost. Um, but there was not much in that football match. You know, there was one scrappy goal, the difference between the two sides. And when you put things into context of they're, they are not a great side, we are a transitioning side who were missing arguably four, five starters tonight. Corey Evans starts if he's fit. Johnny Evans starts if he's fit. Devo and McCann, they all start. So... Yep. I, you know, I think we'll do. It's funny, actually. I don't know if you'd heard this, um, uh, Andy. Apparently, uh, there was a thing on Twitter yesterday about Shay Charles being linked with Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund. I heard that. Yeah. Have they so, mentioned that in commentary tonight? Yeah. yeah, they did. That's right. Um, right, man of the match, Ben. Uh, Connor Bradley. Bradley. Um, Shay sure. Charles close. Yeah, Connor Bradley. Yeah, so the, the four I put forward were Bradley, Charles, Cathcart, and Brown. Um, Brown, 3%, Cathcart, 4%, Shea Charles, 29%, and Connor Bradley, 64%. Goodness me, you can tell there weren't many individual options tonight. If I put in Craig Cathcart into the top four, but I actually think he did quite well. A um, couple of big yeah. challenges on Pookie. And um, yeah, in fact, I, I thought it was... That? I thought it was. I thought actually Dan Ballard could have done a little bit better for the goal. He sort of off balance, and um, the ball yeah, comes. The for the goal was terrible in general. Yeah. Four green shirts. Yeah, Four. you know, and, and the ball travels quite a long way there, so he it should be, he should really be getting something on it. Um, but he yeah. two chances to Calman, didn't he? Because the ball yeah. came to him, he miscontrolled it, then he pounced again. So I, I don't know. I thought Billy Peacock should have been Powell should have been out a lot quicker. 
Firstly, speaking for the goal, he was rooted to his goal line. I thought he should have come out and closed that down, down the striker um, more so than he did. It felt we like we were never going to get gifted a chance that good tonight. We had to really work no. for it. We had to really put sort of really good moves together between mm. lots of players, whereas they just kind of get a chance. And you, yeah, you can't give away those those high quality level of chances at the international level. But listen, Northern Ireland have only taken three points from this um, this group. We had a chat in the preview about whether. Four points, we would be happy with it. We certainly would have been happy with it with 10 minutes to go today. Um, it feels like a massive blow. It feels absolutely gotten. I'm not going to go to bed happy tonight at all. But there are still points to play for. We do still have to go in June and uh, and take something from both those games, I think. And, you know, we'll come back. Pressure, though. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. I was going to say, there is pressure now on Denmark. Yeah. You know, you talk about the pressure that we, you know, that Denmark's a free hit. Denmark losing to Kazakhstan. The next game is home to us. They have to they have to perform in that match. They have to get something in that game, which slightly changes the narrative as opposed to them just romping through, getting, you know, wins against everybody. It it, it that Wind could play into our favourite slightly. True, true, but I mean but so are we. I suppose it just depends what sort of animal they're gonna be and, and us as well. But I think there's there's fragilities with that Danish side is probably one of the, the hopefully one of the takeaways from the weekend matches as well. Yeah, um, my only concern is they look like they've got a guy who can score 10, 15 goals in this campaign. Uh, Rasmus Hoyland looks like an incredible player and I'm not sure we have that in our locker. So, well, I said I'm sure Michael O'Neill will have a plan. I'm sure we'll talk about that plan in the preview for June. So thanks very much, everyone, for uh, for listening over these four podcasts. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much to you guys for jumping on tonight and also everyone who's contributed to it. Um, so yeah, as I say, we will be back. Um, we will get excited. We will all get the calculators out. We'll all do the maths and we'll all see how we can finish in the top two of this group. So uh, yeah, don't be too down by especially my pessimism tonight. I'm sure we're all gutted, but it is a post-match show. It is done in the immediate aftermath of the game. So that's always going to be the way we're going to try and be as authentic as we can. Um, and we are all gutted tonight. So yeah, hope you've enjoyed the content over the last uh, month or so anyway. Uh, thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.